Sneaker Love, a podcast paying tribute to our mutual love of sneakers. The game may be flawed, but the love and culture will always be pure. And now, your host with Sneaker Love, Matty Ice. Sneaker fam, what's going on? How's everybody doing? I'm sorry about my absence last week. I had a little bit of family stuff come up, and I had some topics that I wanted to talk about, but overall, I think it was fun to sort of get out of my own way a little bit and take a little bit of time off, so I'm sorry about that. I'm also experiencing some technical difficulties here on the Matty Ice side, and unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to bring content to you in video the same way that I was, so I'm going to try to figure it out, and we will go through this together. Hope everybody's doing great. I hope you're showing love to everybody in your life. I hope you're showing love to all the sneakerheads in your life, of course. And I love every single one of you, and I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for watching. Say hello to everybody on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you can find the social media handles down below. If you're listening in the podcasting world, you can find them wherever you are getting your show notes on whatever podcasting app it is that you are listening. So I saw some stories in the sneaker world this week that kind of came to mind. And maybe this isn't the long form episode that you're used to watching from me, but there were some things that came up. I wonder to myself, and it's it made me think about this, and perhaps you've thought about this too. Has the sneaker world or has sneaker culture lost its way? Is the sneaker world so different than it was even three years ago that perhaps the path that we are on is not sustainable? Perhaps the path that we are on is one of overindulgence, is one of too many colorways, too many options, and we have gone away from this idea of loving sneakers loving them for the reasons that I think we always did. What they what they look like on our feet, how they make us feel, the connections and interactions that we can have with other people who love sneakers the same way that we do. I know that there are other people out there who feel that same way, so I'm not saying the sneaker culture has completely lost its way. But I wanna give you some examples of some of the, the, the stories, I guess, that I have heard and I want to give you the reason why I feel like maybe they are kind of a microcosm. So the first one I want to talk about are celebrities and people in general that you wouldn't necessarily associate with sneakers or sneaker culture. So the example that I have is if you're a golfer fan, golfing fan, a golfer fan, that's not even right. If you're a golf, a golf fan, then you know who Brooks Kepka is. And I will say this, I don't know how many people are both sneakerheads and golf fans. Maybe I'm one of the few. Perhaps I don't really understand it. I mean, Jordan Brand lately has been coming out with a ton of golf shoes. Some really fire golf shoes, by the way. So it's not like they're unwarranted in their, uh, you know, in in the Venn diagrams coming together. But Brooks Kepka is showing off his collection, and his collection looks like some of those rep tubers that I know, and some of those people who just have so many disposable, so much disposable income that they have so many shoes that they could never, ever wear. And I guess I'm not hating on having too much. I'm not hating on the idea that you use your money to buy whatever it is that you want. But when I see Brooks Kepka, who's not somebody who I would associate with sneakers, and hell, maybe I'm not somebody you'd associate with sneakers. So who the hell am I to necessarily tell Brooks Kepka what to do? Or you what to do? So you can stop listening, stop watching, whatever it is that you want. But I guess when I see it, I see the overindulgence and I wondered to myself, does he own them because he loves them or does he own them because there is clout and clicks and followers to be had by showing off the kinds of shoes that you have? I know that in the past I've gotten caught up with that when I see these large collections and I think, man, I want that. 
I wish I had this, I wish I had that. And I guess the reason I got into sneakers in the first place wasn't because of what I could have. It was because of what was available, how they made me feel. And so when I see all these celebrities, all these influencers posting their videos of their collections, collections that most of us would never have, that most of us could never sustain. And yes, people do have collections like this, normal everyday people, I hate using those terms, but people that have regular jobs like me, like you, and they're using their money to pay for sneakers, to have that collection, to have that clout, rather than maybe providing for their family or paying their bills or doing something even more important. And I think that is interesting. And I wonder, have we gone away from the idea of having sneakers because we love them, having sneakers because we like the way that they look? Even, I mean, we've gone way away from functionality. That part is clear, but I wonder that. The second thing that I saw was a story about Johnny Knoxville. So those of you who maybe are old enough to know who Johnny Knoxville is, Johnny Knoxville has been associated with Jackass his entire, uh, most of his entire adult life, I would say. Jackass is coming out with a new movie. Johnny Knoxville has also been in other shows. He's been in other movies. So he's not solely known for Jackass, but he is certainly synonymous with that brand and with that name, movie series, all that all that stuff. And Johnny Knoxville was recently on Complex's sneaker shopping with Joe. And it was told that he had been wearing the same pair of Chuck All-Stars red ones for the last three years. The, the outsole was falling off of it. He wore it during filming, a whole bunch of stuff. And he bought his first pair of Air Jordans. Ironically, he bought red ones and he bought used Chicago ones, which were still expensive, but it actually made sense given the fact that he had been basically putting to rest those red Chuck All-Stars. And he knew he was gonna wear them. He knew he was gonna beat them up. So he's paying for them used. And I looked at the comments section and I was looking through what people were saying about it. There were so many people who just couldn't believe that he would one, have a squeaky office chair like I do. <laughs> uh, two, one, good Lord. One, that he would have a pair of shoes that he would wear for three years. When I was a kid, that's basically what I was handed. I wasn't poor, like we weren't poor, we weren't destitute, but my parents wanted me to understand the value of something. That when they bought something for me, whether it was for school or whether it was for the summer, whatever it was, that I was to value it, I was to cherish it because there may not be something else coming behind it. And for Johnny Knoxville to wear these shoes for three years, that's kind of the whole point. You wear shoes. So the vitriol put his way and the comments making fun of him were so funny to me because I realized that a vast majority of today's sneaker world, of today's sneaker collectors, they really aren't about wearing, they're about collecting. And they're about making sure that they stay pristine and making sure that they can always have nice looking shoes on. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's a lot of people who don't collect sneakers the way that we do, who don't put the same value of on them, right? They wear them. It's out of necessity, it's a matter of function. And perhaps Johnny Knoxville is just quirky, so he, yes, he can afford new shoes, he just chooses not to. And I thought that it was interesting that so many people were on the train that Johnny Knoxville is an idiot because he wore shoes. He had the audacity to wear shoes and actually beat them up. Don't you have a pair of beaters at home? I do. I have a couple of them. I'm actually wearing some of them right now. 
and ironically, they're Converse Chuck All-Stars. I have a pair of beaters of the Yeezy Wave Runners downstairs. Most people would be aghast if they knew that I beat up a pair of Yeezy, three, a Yeezy 700s Wave Runners. Those are some of the most coveted Yeezys of all time. One of the one of the best colorways of Yeezys ever. It's also one of the most comfortable shoes that I've ever had, and I wore them to death. I wear them every day still. They're that comfortable. I love them so much. It's the whole point, man. You wear sneakers. Yeah, sure. You can collect them. You can make sure that they stay in good condition. I've no problem with that. But people wear them. They beat them sometimes. And you know what? It's a sign of love, in my opinion. That's another story. The other thing that I saw that was interesting, and, and this is not just sneakers in general, this is society in general, but StockX is now getting into NFTs. And I was reading up on it a little bit. I'll be honest, I'm not yet 40, but I don't quite understand NFTs all that much. There's a, a reference that I could make from back when I was a kid. To me, NFTs look like, or feel like a fad like Pogs do. Does anybody remember those? Those little round, I think they were cardboard, like disc things, and you had a metal thing and you stacked them and you had to flip them over and you could collect them and trade them and do all this other stuff. And man, I asked my parents to buy a whole bunch of those. And I don't even know where they are. I don't even think I have them anymore. But StockX is getting into NFTs. Now, the ironic part about the way that StockX is going about this is they are using them as a matter of easier authentication between transactions between two people. So normally on StockX or GOAT, you are making a purchase. The person who has that pair is sending them to a middleman, like middleman, middlewoman, just the idea of a middle party who is authenticating those shoes, making sure that you, the buyer, are getting what you paid for, and then you are sent your shoes. It takes a while. Sometimes StockX can get very backed up, especially during the pandemic when everybody was buying shoes like it was toilet paper. They had so many delayed shipping, so many delays in authentication. And so now what they're doing is basically if you have a real pair of these shoes, you can purchase an NFT that goes with it that you can use as a collector's piece. And if you buy the shoes and you get the NFT with it and you decide that you're going to wear those shoes, the NFT is destroyed. But again, it's building on the idea that sneakers are a commodity. They're not something that we love as a fashion piece anymore. That now we are associating their worth based off of something that we can use to authenticate it that isn't even real. I mean, yes, you're making it off an Ethereum blockchain, but like you can't physically hold an NFT. At least I don't think you can. It's a digital thing. That's the whole point. But tying them into the authentication part and making it easier, that I get. And it's more of a business function than anything else. But the idea that we have to have tokens that are built off of something that are so popular that people are paying thousands and thousands of dollars for that they even see or feel or touch, it's crazy to me. And I just wonder if that is a sign that we are getting away from sneaker love the way that this show talks about it. Like I love sneakers for so many reasons. We have gone over that so many times. I'm not gonna bore you again with the idea of why I like sneakers, but I like to wear them. I like to consume them. They're more than just a digital asset to me. They're more than just something that I can go hawk on the, on the secondary market to make money. Because when I think about it, it's no different. The money that I would get from selling shoes is no different than actually the material good itself. Because I always say to myself, when I die, what am I going to say? That I wish I had more money, that I wish I worked more, or I wish I spent more time doing something. I know that wearing the shoes that I love, I will always remember those times. And I've met so many great people from it too. 
I've given shout outs to those people on here and I've met so many of them. Y'all are great. And everybody who's listening, everybody who's listening now, who's a big sneaker lover, who's continued on this journey with us, you love it for the same reasons that we do. And if you don't, no, all power to you. Go sell NFTs, go make money and Godspeed. I don't, I don't judge you at all. Just some things I'm thinking about. And the last thing that I'm thinking about that I wonder if perhaps sneaker culture is getting to a point that we are going to be oversaturated with, with shoes. That the meaning behind having sneakers, the whole idea of this art project is becoming more and more lessened, more and more lessened by the idea that there are just so many things to choose from and we are oversaturating the market. I'm going to give you an example. So this guy right here, for those of you on YouTube, what you're seeing right here is the Sakai LDV waffle blue multicolorway. It's awesome. It really is. The first time I saw this shoe was Marcus Mariota was wearing it. I believe it was at the 2019 NFL draft. He was wearing a suit and these just popped out. And I said, what are those? Those are awesome. Turns out it was a brand new collaboration with Sakai where they were taking two old silhouettes, the LDV and the waffle. The waffle, of course, if you look at the outsole, famed for being made with a waffle maker one of the first Nikes ever made. I think the original of that sold for some astronomical amount of money, which makes sense. It's a piece of history. And they took it and they put them together. Everything was doubled on it, right? It was very, very unique. It was nothing we'd ever seen before. And there were two colorways at the time. There was that, and then there was the green. And I can't remember what they called. It was like the gusto green or something like that. They popped. They were new. They were unique. They were amazing. And I loved them. And then they came out with more colorways and that usually does tend to happen. So I'm not begrudging them for that. When you have a hit on your hands, of course, you're going to continue to double down and you're going to continue to make it. But then they had the black and whites and they had the summit, the summit gray, right? And they had the nylons. And then we're getting into the, the vapor waffles. Now we've got like eight colorways of those. They had the blazer highs. We got the blazer lows. We got the cause blazer lows. And now they're coming out with a Sakai. And I think it's a waffle and like a Cortez mix or whatever it is. And I just ask myself like, when is enough enough? Like when is too much or what is too much is what I wanna know. Have we lost the idea that Sakai's are actually cool anymore or unique because there's so many of them now. They've just become so saturated and we have inundated the market so much with them that I feel like the original, this original right here that I'm holding in my hand becomes lessened by the idea that all these others exist. These are things that I'm struggling with. And I do feel like we go to the well so many times. We find a hit in our hands, let's double down on it and let's recreate it in so many different ways so that we can basically make as much money as possible and a whole bunch of people can have what literally looks like the same thing or is another version of the same thing just all over the place. And I feel like the uniqueness is going away because we're just basically Nike and Jordan are just throwing things against the wall seeing what sticks, and then they're just oversaturating us with that stuff. And again, if you like all of them, Godspeed to you. But I do wonder if anybody else is getting fatigue over all of these very, very similar items. And again, if you're, you know, you're going to say, well, they come out with Jordan 1s, they come out with Jordan 4s. I feel like they're fatigued on Jordan 1. Sometimes I wish they would take shoes like the Jordan 1, Jordan 4, Jordan 3, and do like Disney and put it in the vault for a while let people reappreciate what these shoes are. Like the Sakai's have only been out for three years and now we have like 15 different ones of them. 
So are we really appreciating these or are we constantly just waiting for the next one? To me, that takes away from what sneaker culture is all about. It takes away from our ability to be present with the shoes that we like. And that's why I have this pair. And I bought a pair of the, the black and whites and I realized, you know what? Having two doesn't do anything for me. There's no added value in having a second pair. I like the blue multis and I'm gonna keep the damn blue multis. And that's what I've done. And I don't have a vapor pair. I will not get a Cortez pair. It's just not my thing. I like this pair. And I think there is something to be said about the singularity of it. And again, maybe I'm coming off as a boomer. Maybe I'm coming off as a complainer. But these are just stories that I have seen over the course of the last week that make me wonder if perhaps we have diverged a little bit from the initial path of what made sneakers so great. If we're all striving for something that really is way off from what sneakers are really supposed to be about. I still love seeing people's on feet shots of things that they like, things that make them happy. Not just because some vendor sell, sends it to them for free, not just because they want a whole bunch of clicks to be able to get people to like their videos. I put out pictures of something on Instagram because I genuinely think that it looks beautiful. I genuinely want to create something that looks great with what I have. And it's just the way that I operate. I love sneakers to death. It's why I have this show. It's why I have a YouTube channel because I, like so many of you, share in that same love of it. And I just fear that maybe we're getting to a place where sneaker culture it's in and of itself is going to be non-existent in the way that we all feel. And if there's a bunch of real ones and they'll always be there. And I just have to look at that and know that I will always be able to connect with the real ones. And I appreciate every single one of you. All of you are real ones and you guys are awesome. And gals too, by the way. So a couple weeks ago, I read a question and I've been doing kind of a uh, Matty Ice mailbag, so to speak. And I've decided to call it the Icebox, thanks to Sean, Mr. Rare Jordan, who always comes with the advice for me. So I appreciate you even listening, let alone giving me the advice. So we're going to call it the Icebox. I try to solicit questions over the course of the week to see who wants to interact with me. And I got a question that I wanted to, to cover here. And it's from a guy that I know. His name is Ryan. We'll leave it at that. I'm not going to give you his Instagram handle or anything because Lord knows he doesn't need any more attention. So Ryan, you asked me, why do people tease a purchase that they had from StockX and then never tell you what it is? Well, Ryan, it's because mostly, like you, they're assholes. And that's just the way that it goes. Sometimes you're going to get a tease and you're never going to get it. Any guy who's ever dated in their teen, teenage years and in their college years, y'all know what I'm talking about. Any woman who thought that they could change a man because, hey, look at that. He's showing me what I want to see out of him. It's just a tease. They're always going to be that way. Same thing. Some people tease. They never deliver. Some people under-deliver or under-promise and over-deliver. I try to be that way. You know what, though? It is what it is. We all are what we are. Just hope for them that the shoes that they got on StockX, they didn't overpay for and basically not pay rent and that they're out there enjoying them in whatever way it is that they want to enjoy them. So I appreciate your question, Ryan. Uh, I hate you. Anyway, I appreciate everybody's time this week. I appreciate the fact that all of you are listening. You're chiming in with questions like Ryan. And just so you know, a little but peek behind the curtain. I know Ryan, so I can actually make fun of him like this on the podcast. So don't be aghast that I just absolutely uh, gaslit somebody who is nice enough to send in a question to the show. 
I actually like Ryan, but sometimes, uh, you know, he needs to, a little bit of a take on medicine. So everybody, fam, sneaker fam, it's about love of the sneakers. It always is. And that's what you're always going to get on this show. And I appreciate everybody who's listened. I appreciate everybody who watches. Whatever it is that you do to make this show continue and to make this show a reality, y'all are great. So hug your loved ones. Tell somebody that you love them. Tell somebody that you're thinking about them. And I will talk to you next week, everybody. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Sneaker Love with Matty Ice are those of Matt Freights and his guest, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Sneaker Love with Matty Ice does not condone the purchase or sale of any counterfeit goods. Sneaker Love with Matty Ice is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.